welcome back to the BOS TV podcast. Today we're very blessed to have Pai Man Singh Ji on as well. Vaheguru Ji ka Khalsa, Vaheguru Ji ki Fateh. So um, we've got a lot of great topics, a lot of great questions uh, that we're going to be asking Pai Sahib Ji today. And um, you may have heard of Pai Sahib Ji from their podcast, the Sikh History Series podcast, even the Singhs Camp. Uh, you came to the Singhs Camp, both, you've come both, yeah, years, both yeah. years. And then there's a campfire talk that was great and um, a lot of inspirational talks as well. Uh, but just before we get into any of the questions mm-hmm. and a bit about um, you know this the work that you've been doing for so many years uh, that many of us may know about or may not even know about as well, who is Manasing? No one special. Basically, I'm just a average, normal, everyday Singh. Probably less than average. Nothing special about me at all whatsoever. Most likely worse than average. Not cool. Not intelligent. But one thing that I do is I love Sikhi. I love Sikhis very badly with all my heart. And I'm also very appreciative of where I've been, what I've been through and who I've been in contact with. So I'm the uh, youngest child of four and the son of immigrant parents, like many of our parents. Mm. And one thing that I wanted to do today is highlight the work of our parents and what our parents done. Because sometimes I feel they get overshined by things that the youth are doing, but we really need to throw back and give praise to what our parents done. So my dad came out here at the age of 13 on a boat. So he came here at the age of 13 in the 60s, in the 60s. And at the age of 13, on his paperwork, he was 18. Then straight away, he started working in foundries, the hardest, toughest jobs on the hammer. And when I speak to him about it, he goes, when they arrived, they were living in a house with loads of other guys that had come from India, working and sleeping in shifts on the same mattresses, seven days a week, 12-hour shifts in the foundries, doing the hardest, toughest jobs that the Gauri or the people native to England didn't want to do. That's why they brought them over here. Mm. And when they came here, they struggled and they had families and then they struggled to provide for these families. My mom was also a factory worker. Mm. She worked in a peanut factory for a number of years and then a circumstance happened where there was a racist incident at the factory and it ended up that she had to leave because of that racist incident. And what I wanted to highlight is that our parents came here, our grandparents came here, they left their motherland, they came here to work, to earn a living, to make a better life for themselves. And they struggled in this country, but they built and laid a foundation of Sikhi in this country as well. They kept the case. So my, when my dad came over, he was a Munna. He's not a practicing like Amritari Sikh or anything, but it was during those race riots and during the racism, during the difficulties in that period, that that's when he chose to keep his case in the in the toughest period and raised children who had gears as well. And it's those olders who built the Godvare, like your grandparents, they came here, they built businesses and they laid a foundation for us. And one of the things we should try and do, imagine being totally different, coming to a new dish, a new foreign land, different skin color, wearing different clothes, wearing the star, a beard, totally different to what the people have really experienced here, smelling different to the term that they'd call you a curry because you look and you smell different. And and then trying to keep your language, keep everything that you have from your parents, but then go, come into a new society. And that's what they did. They kept their language and they were working in factories, speaking a different language to each other. And then explaining and telling people about their religion. For example, telling people it's our religion to keep long hair, to wear a blade or a knife and dagger, and we don't take these things off. Our parents, our grandparents came here and told and explained that to the people of this country. Mm. And sometimes I say, and I think about it, 
Imagine someone doesn't know Sikh at all. Someone's never heard of the Sikh Dharam. Imagine explaining the Sikh Dharam to him. It's like the craziest movie plot ever. <laughs> like just, just think about it, yeah. Hmm. Explain it to Sikhi, someone has no idea. And we've got the craziest characters that you can even imagine. I watch I watch a lot of films. I mean a lot, a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Like all of us we grew up watching movies, watching sitcoms, everything. Well, sorry, what's your favorite film? Oh there's a couple. There's one um, Seven Samurai oh, yeah. by Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Braveheart, all time favorite. Obviously, most things love Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Last Samurai. There's there's a couple. Mm-hmm. There's a couple, but those are the ones that really stand out. And mm-hmm. so I, I thought um, is greater than any of those movies. Mm. Imagine, imagine coming and explaining to someone a part of our religion. So we worship weapons. Mm. Imagine a plot of a movie. Of this, these are the characters, the tribe. They worship weapons. Every day they remember their martyrs two or three times a day. Mm. And they do a prayer where they say the names of their martyrs and remember how they were martyred. Uh, they put pictures of their warriors who came before them in each one of their houses. Go to anyone's house, any sex house, yeah. Being if they're not practicing, they'll always have a picture of a shaheed somewhere mm-hmm. in the house, Baba Deep Singh on a calendar or something. Every mm-hmm. Sikh house has a picture of a martyr who came before them and died for our faith and way of life. Mm-hmm. We feed everyone. We have an institution, Langar, where we absolutely go out and feed anyone. No questions asked. Anyone comes to us hungry, we will feed them. That's part That's part of this tribe, this warrior castes. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Baikana. Yeah, in the middle of battle, one of our warriors... One of our Gursiks would go out and feed the enemy mm-hmm. and give the enemy water. We have our Guru with us. So we had we explained to the people we had 10 Gurus in human form. Then we had one Guru in Shabbat form mm-hmm. who we still communicate with and talk to every single day. We take advice from on the daily. Mm-hmm. When we need anything, when anything happens, when a child of ours is born, when one of us dies, when we have a prayer, when we have troubles, we go to our Guru and we ask for guidance and we get a Hukumnama. And sometimes you hear people explain Hukamnam and they say it's a, a Shabbat at random. Like we take a random Shabbat from Guru Granth Sahib and that's the Hukamnama. Believe me, it's not random. That is Guruji telling us what we need to hear at that exact time. Mm. Sometimes we don't appreciate it or understand in it. But our Guru is with us, Aung San, our Guru is living. And they tell us what we need to hear at that exact time we need to hear it. We don't mm. understand sometimes at that time. And it's years later, we reflect back in a tough situation where we took a Hukamnama and we realize what Guruji was telling us. Mm. There's nothing random about Hukamnama. Maharaj is the master of the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the universe. Nothing is random that they do. They give us these Hukamnama as, as fact, as something that we need to do. And just mm. imagine explaining all this to Aadharam to someone who'd never heard of Sikhi mm. and explain it. Forget talking about the Gurus. The Gurus are beyond contemplation. Just talking about people who followed on the path of Sikhi. Mm. So we've got Baba Buddhaji, foremost Sikh, known for their service and everything like that. We've got Baba Bidhi Chand, who's a Janam Denis today as well, who's a master thief mm. and gangster. And he gave up his life of being the best thief possible to become a warrior saint. And for the Guru, he went on missions and stole horses and a Bai Manj who saved our goes across this world into other worlds. We've got the Banj Biyare. To explain to someone who's mm-hmm. never heard of Sikhi, we have Banj Biyare who gave their heads for the Guru and they passed the test by sacrificing themselves. We've got Baba Deep Singh. Mm. Imagine telling someone about Baba Deep who's never heard of Sikhi and saying this is a warrior of ours who spent his whole life serving the Guru. Then one day in battle, he fought without his head, with his head on the palm of his hand. Mm. No one will believe these stories. No one will believe the stories of Sikhi 
if you tell them, it, and we, we do tell them, and sometimes ourselves, our children find it difficult to believe, and other people, no way they're going to understand that there's a tharam on this earth like Sikhi. It doesn't compare compared to any other tharam, compared to any movie, any book, any script. Sikhi is on a whole different level. And then th that's just a few of the worries, not mentioning our mothers, Mata Gujri, who gave Shahidi in the Tanda Burj in Sarhand. She filled her grandchildren with strength to go forward. And in a kacheri, in a court where even the greatest kings would grovel on their knees and be intimidated, they walked into the middle of that court and Vaheguruji ka khalsa, Vaheguruji ki fateh, with nishche, with absolute resolve, they said fateh in that court. And the fight in Bibyan Mirmanu's jails, like, I don't even need to, that's, it's just crazy. And I sometimes think, Nagar Kirtans take place in this country. You guys just did a beautiful blog on Nagar Kirtans as well. Shout out to that. <laughs> Imagine the first Nagar Kirtan mm. that ever took place when Sek came to this country. Before that Nagar Kirtan, there must have been a meeting. Imagine that meeting where the Sek came together, approached the local council or the local governing body and said, you know what, we want to do a march. It's part of our religion where we're going to walk the streets and we're going to sing praises of our Guru, sing about uh, praises of our Guru and sing about God. And imagine the Gora saying, okay, so uh, what does that involve? Okay, first we're going to have a Nagara. What's a Nagara? It's a battle drum that represents rebellion. It represents that we are kings and we are righteous and we don't bow down to anyone and we beat it without asking permission of anyone. And then uh, that leads the whole Nagarakitan. And then we have flag bearers, people who hold the Nishan Saib. Nishan Saib is our Sikh flag that's never flown at half-mast. At the top of it is a spear and then an emblem on the actual flag itself. And it's always held up straight. This is the bat battle standard of the Khalsa. So that comes. And after that, we have Panj Piara who represent the five beloved of old. And they will walk the streets also barefoot, come rain, sleet or snow, bearing naked swords on the street. And then after that, then we have our Guru. And then our Guru will be flanked by many beloved Sevadar and they'll be waving a whisker chor saiba over his head and they'll all be singing shabbats, mm -hmm. serving sweet prashad, serving a sweet blessing to everyone who comes. And behind that's a whole congregation of thousands of Sikhs that have come to the country and they'll also be singing shabbats and stuff like that. Just imagine that meeting. Our mm -hmm. is so crazy. I can't sometimes imagine conversations that have took place where our elders explained our mm -hmm. to others. It's just... It's just mad. And those elders are the ones that came here, started the Punjabi schools. Every Godvara has a Punjabi school, started the Gitan st classes, started mm. the Gurma camp. Sometimes we think us as youth have done a lot, mm. but our elders have done millions compared to what we've done. Mm -hmm. And we're walking in the footsteps of giants. So shout out to all the elders mm. who have come, all the Bajoda, who sometimes we don't realize mm. how done they are. Mm. And I've been judgmental of, my, of them myself because I've had the opportunity because of them to study more, to know more. Mm. But Sikhi wise, they are worlds beyond us, the worlds mm. beyond me, especially mm. in terms of their seva. Like you'll see at your local Godvara, a Bajorak sitting on Kra Prashad seva, eight, nine hours straight. Mm. And they won't give that seva up. We sit for two, three hours. We'll do a seva when someone's watching, especially me. I do a seva when someone's watching. No one's watching. I'm like, yo, I'm sitting <laughs> back, I'm chilling. Yeah. But these are the seva that are day and night, even today, a local godukar, mm -hmm. you go four o'clock in the morning, who's there? No youth. Mm -hmm. It's these bajoriks still, they've got it in their system, in their blood, and they do it out of love. Mm -hmm. Like they'll turn up to the god for a day and night, from morning to night, it's our bajorik that hold it down. And we've got a 
all of us have got to look at them as inspiration. And mm. I know there's some faults in them where they might fight over silly things, mm. but we always almost have to look beyond faults of each other. Mm. We all uh, That's a bamari of the dunya. We look at people's faults mm. and not their good points. Yeah. We look at the good points of our bajora. We look at the good points of each other and lift each other up. And we will go on to do greater things. And now it's our duty. Like when Jagraj Singh started Basics of Sikhi, he put that front step and he stepped up what was what came before mm. and now it's all of our duty to do something to step mm. up and bring some more for our for each other mm. and it's um interesting because you did a podcast uh, last week with another go to second he's talking about this idea of that we're standing on the shoulders of giants mm. and it's what you're basically saying about our uh, you know our parents and the generations beforehand and that's definitely the case that we're standing on their shoulders and now for us when it comes to the next generation will they be able to stand on our shoulders uh, is the question right because we've got so much to live up to now uh, mm. when it comes to previous generations and i was watching a video uh, of yours um a few days ago and uh, you speak about this idea of the price of sikhi yeah and what you know today we kind of get sikhi for free i remember you was at a kids camp yeah and the kids are like well sikhi's free right or yeah. you know maybe put some money in the gorlick yeah or something like that but everything you're saying here sounds like they've paid that price they've been for the struggles mm. um whether that's our parents or going back and we'll go through that uh, when you talk about the Sikh History Series podcast as yeah. well. But that's an interesting point, right? And can you say, elaborate on that? What do you mean then about the price and what price have they have to pay that, you know, for that reason that we're living such a comfortable life today? The price of Sikhi is a, it's a beautiful question. Because mm. when we reflect on it and when children are asked, so uh, how much is it to be a Sikh? Mm. They'll be like, it's free. Like, I'm just a Sikh. I'm just born a Sikh. Mm. But there's a price that's been paid before that. Some kids will shout, "Oh, you put money in the go look, that's how much it costs." Or you have to give ten percent. No, it's you have to give everything. Mm. You have to give your head. You have to give your life. You have to give everything to walk on the path of Sikhi. Mm. And sometimes we need to reflect and appreciate the price that has been paid before us, the price that our elders and our grandparents and our ancestors have paid. To walk and preserve this path of Sikhi, mm. and we too will have a price to pay, mm. and it's up to each of us who to decide what it is we pay. Mm. And, and you know, one other thing, Pastor, you were talking about how, like, our, when our parents and grandparents' generation came, now that we're on two, three, four generations on, a lot of the problem we have with youth is they've assimilated with like Western culture, Western philosophy, right? And it seems like the w the way to bring them back is with everything you're talking about, educating them about the past, about our shaheeds, yeah. about all these people, right? So just just a question to start off with then is what is a sick historical figure that you would like love to have a conversation with and meet? Oh mm -hmm. man, that's a very very interesting, tough question. There's a sick historical figure. You know what it is? I could meet any of these historical figures, and I know exactly what would happen. I've met great Sikh that are alive today. Like one day I got the opportunity to sit with the Jathadar Baba Kalwan Singh at Hajur Sahib. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, Puchla, Joey Puchna, ask whatever you want to ask. Mm -hmm. And my throat closed, try, try. my hands were sweaty. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, I was just, I was just cowering in front of such a great, of great mm -hmm. humble Sevadar. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, George Mahat, and just, just smiled and shook my head like, <laughs> Of who am I to ask anything? Literally, who am I to ask anything for, of anyone? Mm. And I, I know if I ever stood before one of these Prat and Gorsiks, one of the sayings or singing, I would, I would have nothing to say. Mm. I would just bow my head <laughs> and kiss the floor that they walk because mm. I'd just be in awe mm. of how they look. 
their presence, the vibe. You know when you see, you see some good sticks mm. and you, uh, you can feel a vibe off them, you can feel an energy. Mm. I would just I would just bow down and just sit there in awe of that energy. Mm. I was not expecting the answer, but that is an amazing answer that you've given. And when we went to Hazu Samso Babaji as well, same thing. You just you mm. think beforehand you're going to say this, you're going to say that, mm. but when you're in front of them, literally nothing just comes out uh, at that time. And uh, that kind of brings us back to what you said at the start of the podcast when you said that one thing that you do have is love for Sikhi. Yeah. And um, you you touched upon it. So where did that love come from? Because you said you're from a family of four siblings. Yeah. Um, so where did your love specifically come for Sikhi and bring you to where you are today? So I, I can pinpoint what, what I believe. Like obviously, Joe, whatever it is exists because the Rabb Wahiguru allows it to be and makes it all. Their game, but one thing that really in my life affected me was Sakya. Mm. The Sakya of our Shaheed Singhs, the Sakya of our Bibya, of our mothers, our fathers, our gurus, those Sakya. As a child, it's very hard unless you're very spiritual and special to connect to Gurbani or connect to Seva or anything like that. Like as a child, I can't remember doing any Seva. In fact, I don't think I've ever done any Seva in my life. Mm. I've done what looks like seva, but true seva, nishkam seva, from the heart, for the love of it, I can't, I, I don't think I've ever done that. I've done seva where I thought it's that, then afterwards spoke about it to my friends. I said, yeah, look what seva I did. And then I've realized actually that's not seva because months or years later, I've spoke about it out of ego and that's that's taken, taken it away. Mm. So pure seva, I don't believe I've ever done. But one thing that I've connected with is stories. Mm. Everybody loves a story. Yeah. Any type of story from anyone, school children, you tell them a story, they bam. My kids today, every night, they're like, Dad, tell us a story, tell us a story. Every night, without fail, like, story? Look at, and then every time I finish it, they're like, more? <laughs> and it was the same when I was a kid, when my mum would be putting us to bed, she'd tell us Sakya. As a child, I'd, I don't think I had a deep love for Sikhi as a, as a little, you, I was, like I just wanted to watch He-Man, Thundercats, <laughs> all of that. But my mom would tell her Sakya mm. and those Sakya like got buried inside. Mm. And you know how Maharaj says, Babaniya Kahaniya Potasapotakaren. That was just in my head as well yeah. when you're saying that. It's yeah. like the tales of our ancestors transport children into good moral children. Mm. And that's how powerful Sakya. And when I heard these Sakya of the Shaheed mm. Singhs and Singhnia, they just they awakened some power or something in me. Mm. And then when I'd see pictures in the Lungar halls. Like, you know, in the Guru Kars, the old Langar Halls, they'd always have Shaheed sing, singing on the pictures, the Guru's pictures. Mm. I would skip the uh, Godvara inside bit, go and just look at the pictures. Even I'm, oh, I just stare at them and think, yo, that's, and I feel that connect, that that Pyar there mm. and the Sakya behind them. And then we were forced to go to camps and forced to go to Punjabi school as, as kids. And during that time, it was those Sakya that created a connection. And then I'd see how they were dressed. And I'd come home and try and tie the star and like that. And then my older brother and sister, they started to get into Sikhi and they'd tell me Sakya. And that would just inspire me each and every day. And that's that's what, to, even till today, when people say, oh, you do Katha, I like tell them, I, I don't do Katha. A Katha Kata does Katha. Someone who's studying has got knowledge does Katha. I just tell Sakya. Mm. I'll go on stage and I'll just tell a Sakya. Mm. I don't know anything else. All mm. I know is Sakya. Mm. And that is my like, the source of my love. And Maharaj says as well, Sona Sakhi, Manaja Pyar. So Guru Arjan Dev Ji said, listen, listen to the Sakya and in your heart, in your mind, only love will spread and awaken. And do you know what? Uh, is, that was one of our questions actually about 
when raising kids, what's one of the most important things? And I think you've answered it is sharing sakya with them. And I remember even when I was young, that was a big thing. My parents used to read the sacred bedtime stories. There's a book, picture books and stuff. So that's a big thing. But what is one lesson we could take from history? One key thing that we could just apply like an actionable, actionable step for for us and also for our younger generation, the kids that are being raised today? I'd say belief and piyad. Through all those sakya, every single sakya you hear, you hear there's, there's that one string that goes from it and it's belief and piyad. Belief in the Guru and love for the Guru, love for the Sangat. In every single sakya, you can't find a sakya with it, there's no piyad. Piyad is the like, key to everything. And in terms of a sakya then, um, do you have one that you'd like to, that sticks out in your head, that one story that's like, you know, if, if you... If someone asks you to tell a story, you think that's the one that I tell every single time. Is there any sake that stand out to you? There's too many. I don't think there's... You say that and the floodgates open in my head, little <laughs> head. And all these sake come falling in. But I have one sake that just hits me more than others. And it's the Shahidi of Bhai Matab Singh. Mm. So, and we'll, and we'll come on, we'll come on to uh, who Bhai Matab Singh was a bit later. Mm. But... One thing we don't realize and one thing we don't know is how all the shaheed sayings of the 18th century kind of interrelate and they all kind of, they, their stories intermingle. And obviously we've all heard the story of Baitaru Singhji, mm. who was, uh, whose scalp was removed and mm. after 22 days they gave shahidi. Before all of that happened, and the reason for that happening is because at that time Sikh were hunted down and murdered. They were shot on sight. Headhunters from around the globe came to Punjab and were called to Punjab to kill Sikhs, mm. bring their scalps, bring their heads mm. for, a, for a fee. And sorry, that, what was the reason behind that? Because Sikhs were a threat, right? Yeah, basically Sikh, mm. Sikh were a threat. Mm. The Mughals at the time saw Sikh as a threat and wanted to eliminate this Qom who was a fawn in their side. And it was the only Qom who would stand up to him and be defiant. And that, that's in our blood to be defiant, to never bow down, to mm. always uh, represent and respect and save others as well. So at this time, Sikh were hunted down. So if you get the scalp of a Sikh, you were given a gumbal. To get the head of a Sikh, you were given a certain amount of rupees. To the extent where there were Mughals and Hindus who would de decapitate their own daughters who had long case, scrape their faces and heads, and then hand that in to get the fortune. People were that greedy. So if you think Sekh had a chance at this time, like no chance. Baitaru Singh was a Sekh at this time. Who There was there were obviously a group of guerrilla warfare, Gorsik warriors, who left Benz and started to live in the jungles mm -hmm. and fight for the future of Sikhi and for Sikhi to survive. They were forced to this and they were forced to guerrilla warfare. Baitaru Singh was a Sikh living in a bend who supported these Sikh. As, as we all have in our heart, if there's a Sikh in trouble, we will all go and support. It's in our hearts, in our taram, it's in our blood. So Baitaru Singh would visit the jungles and there he'd serve them prashadde, serve them whatever Pajja was made and give them everything he had. If he had any clothing, if he had any money, he would give it to the Sikh there. And there, there was a Misal Adal in the jungles who was led by Jatadar Matab Singh. Matab Singh, along with Bhai Sukha Singh, were the two warriors who went and decapitated Masarangar when he uh, got control of Darbar Sahib. Mm. Pardon me. So after uh, And after that, the Singhs went off and they were living in the jungles. Mm. When Matab Singh was living in the jungles and uh, Bhai Taru Singh used to come, Together they would serve all the Gorsik Jujaru Singhs that were living in the jungles. Then they'd sit together, both of them, and eat out of one butter. 
they would break bread together. You know how this, that's such a spiritual thing where you eat together, you mm. break bread. Like people say, we only break bread with those we love. Mm. So they're breaking bread and eating from the same butter, mm. like breaking burkia for each other. That was the pyar, the deep pyar. And when they would do this, they would, uh, they would that's known as sneria, by brothers of stone, brothers who eat together, brothers from the same butter. Like an Amrits and Chad, we all drink from the same butter. That's such a sacred bond that we need to realize that connects us all as one because we all drink from that same butter, whoever we may be, whatever caste we may be, whatever our family history. When we join the Khalsa, we're all one. Mm. And so these two brothers, by Sukhasing, by Matab Singh, sorry, and by Taru Singh, would eat from the same butter and then they'd speak to each other. And what would what do Gursik speak when they're together? Do stories of love, tales of love. And they'd speak tales of love to each other. And they'd say to each other, when our time comes for Shahidi, we will die together. And that's such a beautiful thing. They say, when we're going to be Shaheed, we will die together. Mm. And so Matab Singh's in the jungle. And he hears that Baitaru Singh's been caught and taken to Lahore. Mm. And now Matab Singh is one of the greatest warriors the Khalsa Panthers ever had. To the extent where if other Singhs heard Bai Matab Singh's going to be in this skirmish, in this jang, they would get man, they would get... They would get power. Mm. Just like, you know, when you're at school and there's going to be a kickoff at school <laughs> and you know Flanna's coming. Yo, if he's there, you know we're going to rock it. There's no reason to step back. Yeah. You have those people. If he, You know, if, if, my, if my home is there, mm. I'm never going to be scared. You have those people where you're going to do seva and this certain thing's coming. Oh, you know it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Bahamatab Singh was that guy who, when he went somewhere, mm. everyone got Hornsla, everyone got Josh. And he was in the jungles and he heard about Baitaru Singh's gone to Lahore to give Shahidi and he reflects. He's one of the greatest warriors involved in many Karname. And he reflects and says, You know what, Singo, I've got to go. Choose yourself a new Jatadar. Mm. And in the jungle at that time, he hands his Shastra to all the Singhs. He takes his jacket, he gives all his Shastra around to all the Singhs. He gives his horse, he gives his Mote Kare, he gives his Tal, his Barsha, his gun. Because Singhs were master of the gun as well. And he keeps with him just a salutar. And the Singhs go, why? What's happened? He goes, my brother, Baitaru Singh Ji, he's going to give Shahidi. He's going to give Shahidi who I spoke with and we spoke together and said we're going to do something together. And I'm here in the jungles hiding. With what kind of a life have I lived? We make one to not go. And, and some of us, he, with such nimrata, he's like saying, who am I? Mm. Like we do a little bit of seva. I might have told a few stories or something, and I walk around with great man like I'm someone great. Mm. This is how great some of our greatest warriors mm. in the jungles with their brothers, and they're saying, "Who am I?" Mm. That humility, that humility touched me, like ripped me, because mm. I've got a huge ego. And when I heard about these great warriors being mm. so humble, and that's true humility, you know. Sometimes we think humility is like Hanji Paji to see Oh, Guruji, oh, you, you're so great, man. Nothing. Mm. That's a, that's an act I do. I do that act. Mm. I know it's an act. But these are good six really truly humble. Mm. Like single hum thojo tayar pratyar. Tusi ja ke larna. You're gonna be the warriors now of the future. Jatadar chon lo. Main chale. And then Bhai Matab Singh goes to give shahidi and he goes to hand himself into the to the Mughals. And as he approaches the Nakka, where the Mughals are obviously all over Punjab, there's Nakka and they're searching for Pai Matab Singh and Pai Sukha Singh. When Masa Rangar got decapitated, the Rangars, the rest of the uh, Rangar clan, his Masa's family, went to Zakaria Khan and they were like betting and oh, crying, you know how they do. And mm. they were saying they had the cheek to come into Darbar Sahib 
in our fortification, chop his head off, mm-hmm. kill everyone else there, and then leave with his head. Like we can't even bury our brother as one piece now because they took off with his head. It was such an insult to him. They wanted these two warriors more than anyone. They were the most wanted money on their heads. Mm. And now Matab Singh is walking up to him and saying it's Matab Singh. Mm. And when they hear it, they obviously, they're shaking. They, hit, they get that adrenaline dump and they don't believe it. So when they approach him, Matab Singh being a warrior is like, you got to crack a few heads first. So with his dang, <laughs> with his slaughter. Tut, 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 he's knocking them out, mm. breaking legs, cracking jaws. Mm. He's beating them left, and they're unable to capture him. Then at one point he stops, and then he just throws the dang down. Like, mm. you know what, otherwise I'm going to kill him all. And that's why he gave up all his shastar first. If he went with his shastar, he wouldn't have got arrested. He would have murdered all of them. Mm. He's such a great warrior. To the extent now in the dal, when you go in the dal sometimes, and when they're doing akara, the older bajor tell the youngest, before you start the akara and do your salamiya, say, tan tan pai matab singh, then they touch the ground, tan tan pai matab singh, and then they start oh. doing the salamiya to start the shastar with the akara. Oh. So matab singh's arrested here. He's taken to his bend. And in his bend, they asked to identify him because they're scared. If we take him to Zakria and we say, yeah, we found him. And then everyone's like, yo, that's not him. Then there's going to be an issue. Mm. So they take him to his bend to be identified. And everyone in his bend doesn't speak. And by Matab Singh, as they've got him tied and they're taking him, he gives them an ashara. You know, it's okay. Speak, tell him. So by Matab Singh is then identified and taken to Lahore. And in Lahore, uh, it presented him to Zakria and told, this is the Matab Singh. And they go, okay. You know, put him in the cell with Dujinal Pado Salch. Put him in the cell with Paitaru Singh. So he's put in the cell with Paitaru Singh and he's due to be executed the next day in Nakka Square. Nakka Square was the square where everyone was being massacred and killed. And there they had hundreds of Jarkriya. You know, we were here by Subeg Singh, by Sabah Singh, were put under Jarkriya and killed. They, it wasn't just them, there were hundreds, Anek, other sect that were also killed in the same way. And Bai Matab Singh was due to be put on that the same way. And when he entered the cell and he speaks to Bai Taru Singh, they hug and embrace. They do namaskar to each other. And that moment of love when they say, mm-hmm. so you're here. And that, that those spoke, their words that they spoke, they lived up to and lived by those words. And every time I hear this, that love, bro, oh my God, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like when I first heard this, I couldn't sleep at night. I was like, whoa. I've never, I've never seen a film as good as this. Mm. I've never heard a story or anything as amazing. And then the next day, before by uh, Taru Singh Shaheed, by Matab Singh's put on the Charkriya, and he gives his Shahidi. He voluntarily said, you know what, i got to go. And he gave himself such a great worry of great standard, showed that much nimrata and that much love. Every time I hear this, oh, wow. Mm. But even when I tell it, my fingers start standing like, Man, can anything compare to the love of these Gursikhs? Mm. The humility is just is just crazy. That one Saki, when I hear it, when I tell it, mm. when I share it, it's just, oh man, it's awesome. And there's, mm. and there's so many more like that, similar to that, mm. that just, you know what, inspire you. Mm. Yeah, you can really tell us all the passion and the way you tell it as well. But so it's amazing. Like as a storyteller, that's what the importance is, I guess, in telling it in these ways, in this manner, right? Mm-hmm. When you, you can really connect to people and they can, they feel like in my head I was imagining every scene. That's mm. how it re- like well it was told. So and, and you know, I'm I'm no one. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I just got the gift of the gab. But you know, when you talk to children, like when we go to kids, and you see their eyes. Mm. 
and you see them be inspired mm. and that inspires you back. Yeah. And then you know what happens when you heard Asaki, when you're going through a tough time, when anything happens in your life, you just you know what, reflect on Asaki, reflect what our mothers, our Bibian, our brothers went through. Then you know what, everything else is shun. Mm. How am I going to get depressed when my warriors walk like this? Mm. How am I going to feel down about working 12-hour shifts? How am I going to feel down about not having the latest car or anything like that? Or it's a bit cold outside or anything like that? It, it It's nothing. Mm. And the the place where I've heard these Sakya told the most is in India, in the Dal, in Buddha Dal or in Tarnadal. Mm. And you can see in the children there how they're Jardikala, the very definition of Jardikala. Like you say, uh, Babil, like everyone uh, refers to each other as Baba in the, in the Dal. And you'll say to uh, the little kid, Babil, Kalno ki karna. And the way they talk, the bravado that you have, like the, the language that they speak as well. For one, they say savalak. For a cup, they say bepratita. Like we've got no vishwash in it because it can spill at any time. You know, for prashade, they have for gande, they say rupa. For there's the got soul for e, even sleep. like the John Pai, yeah, the yeah. horse they call mm. Life Brother, mm. and the, their mentality is crazy. There are two sings in the middle of the summer, two sings, young sings, Pachangis in the middle of the summer. One's a Pachangi, about eight, six, seven, eight years old. It's hard to tell sometimes because they're so age. Mm. Like our kids, like in the West, they're like six, seven years old, a bit diddly. They can't, they can't do nothing. Mm. These seven, eight year olds will put a kati on their horse, mm. make ra prashad take part in, do so much because their life is different, mm. but their spirit is the greatest. Mm. They, I remember about, there's a situation where an elder sing says to a younger, like, is the sun affecting? He goes, no, nah, <laughs> is the sun, is the heat affecting you? No, I'm affecting the heat. Wow, there's a, they got a never say die attitude. Mm. Wow. Like you see, you see things that they call them DC sometimes, handicap things. That there's a lot mm. of things, those things in the dal that end up being handicapped mm. because if they're injured in a morcha or they fall off a horse, the medication and all the uh, the access to hospitals and that isn't the best. Mm. And they they're they're like there's just an, mm. another level of jardikala where in the winter they're sleeping out in the cold mm. where it's freezing to the extent that mm. the the havishnan in the morning. Mm. And the kasheri are like, like freezing, mm. freeze, freezing cold. Mm. And I used to tell things before, like in, um, in the winter, the whole mariyadda will change because they'll tie, they'll wake up and they'll tie the damale straight away. Mm. And I was like, yo, tie you, have a shanan first and then tie the damale. Mm. They go, no, nah, no, nah, if you do that, your hands will get too cold after a shanan. Uh. And then after a shanan, they're all sitting around the fire doing the nithanam mm. and, and the thunder comes. So in the dal, you can't see anything. You just see, you just, and you have to run through the certain areas, watch out for pegs. You can just hear horses hankering. It's just a crazy, crazy scene. Some of the greatest things I've seen in my life have, have been back there. And when you go to the Dal, when you visit Nahang Sings, it's like you're passing through a time portal yeah. and you just go through and you woof. Oh, whoa, I'm in the 18th century. <laughs> and you guys have been to see Nyang Sings. One thing I guarantee, there's always someone, no matter what time of the day, tying the damala. There's always someone tying the damala. There's always yeah. someone massaging a horse. Mm. Someone always reading body. It's just a scene that is just out of a movie and out of these sakya. It's crazy. What, what inspired you to go to India? Because you spent quite a lot of time there in Punjab, right? 
not enough, but never spent, it's never enough time that you can spend yeah. there. These sakyas inspired me. Mm -hmm. And then learning and training Shastra Vidya, mm -hmm. and then reading about these warriors, mm -hmm. and then looking at pictures and seeing like things in the Malle and the Roop and the Chantore Chakar mm -hmm. and everything like that. And I was like, yo, th that's me. Mm -hmm. I got to do that. I got to see that. Mm -hmm. And then the first time I went, it was just, it was literally like traveling back in time. Mm -hmm. And it ended up there, and people are just, just, Jungly, like, mm. and this was the time when no one had mobile phones. Mobile phones weren't a thing. There's no one taking the camera that I had was one of those. You take a picture and then you wind it up and you don't know. What, <laughs> and that was the time when I first went when there were no camera, not many cameras, and it was just a different world. And just going in there, the love that they showed because I was always scared. I was always taught, oh no, don't go by them, uh, uh, and the love that they showed where they would give up a burki from their own mouth to feed you. They, they, you'd come and they'd see you as ah sadapra ah your beto, and they'd give you the better us and they'd give you everything, and they, mm. they had that piyad. You know, sometimes we we miss here, mm. where in a sense is another thing. We'll smirk and like, look at his the star, look at how he ties his jola. They they'll say babauria, and they'll sort you the star. They say idani kamarkasa karida call, and they'll say this is how you tie your kamarkasa, this is how you live, this is how you walk. Baba, this is how you do Ishnan. When you go into Ishnan, one of the days I remember uh, my brother had his kashera on his uh, shoulder. And they were, no, Baba. And they said, no, no, you take your, you don't put your kashera on your shoulder because then it touches against your dara and your case. Mm -hmm. And with such love, they explain the whole maryadda of living to you. Mm -hmm. So you learn how to live to the extent that everything they do is connected to Sikhi, connected to the Guru, connected to the Sheeds. Mm -hmm. When they're opening the Damali and doing their case, with every calm of the Kanga. And when they tie to the star, they read like the Malida Slok. And when they're reading that the Malida Slok, they say like, and they're reading all these Shabads saying, and they're singing it with such love. And they when they sing the Shabbat and they tie the Damale, you know, sometimes we'll tie it in front of a mirror and they call a mirror a juggal. Juggal means to gossip. And they say, because the mirror, it always, it's always gossiping. Mm. You know what, your daddy's a bit bingy, you're the stars not say. So mm. then you're always reflecting on that, on that gossip and changing yourself. Mm. And they so they won't look in the mirror and they'll just tie the Damale. And mm. the lard they put down, they won't lift back up. Mm. They'll just put it down and then go, and then they'll finish. And then they do ardas binti the maraj maraj tosi chardi kalor. Then that's when I saw like one of the singh said to me, "We hare kam do ardas binti humdiya. Everything you do, do ardas binti to rab." When as soon as you wake up in the morning, they they, they do jakare, face the uh, pillow of the asan, do jakara and the la maraj she do singo kerparko for the day ahead. Mm. And everything that they do, like when they're going to go, like it's just more of those Maraj Kirparuk, and then the girls start doing something. Mm -hmm. And they really like talk to the one to one to the Almighty all day. The, connect, the connection stays all day. Mm -hmm. Where we'll do our Nithanam, and then bam, we forget about, I like, I'm like me, I forget about Rab all day. Mm -hmm. And then when something happens, oh, like, why you help me? Why you <laughs> Apart from that, they stay connected to Rab mm -hmm. all day. And that was such a beautiful thing to see. That was actually one of our questions there, Ivan, but you just answered it all there. What was the question? The, just about the idea of staying in Dal and the Seva and, and how that experience compares to UK Sikhi. Uh, like you pretty much answered that. What would, if you want to elaborate a bit more, what is the difference like out there doing the Seva, living yeah. the Sikhi compared to here? It's, it's just exactly that. Mm. They live it. 
day and night, everything. Even those things who stay at bend. So there's some things. There's obviously the things that are dal, mm. that behangam things that they they're married to the panth. Mm. There's other things that have families. They'll attend to their family duties. But mm. even them, they stay there. They are all day remembering God and with their families, japping nam. And then when they have time, when they're free from their kiti body, from their woodwork, from their shoe work, whatever, from their rickshaw work, they'll give up time and go and stay in the dal and serve mm. the dal. And when I was younger, I got a great opportunity to meet like very, very Jardikala Singhs. And one of the things that I got to spend a lot of time was uh, by Joga Singh, who's now the Jathadar of Misal Shahida Tarnadal. So I met him when he was 12, 13 years old. And now he's in his 30s. And he's the Jathadar of uh, Tarnadal Misal Shahida Baba Bakala Sahib. Mm-hmm. So he's on that Gaddi of Baba Deep Singh. So uh, Baba Deep Singh, Baba Nod Singh, and then before uh, Joga Singh was Baba Gajan Singh, before Baba Gajan Singh was Baba Makkan Singh, and then Baba Kirtan Singh, Baba Bishan Singh. And he's on that same Gaddi of these great Gurmukhs. Mm. And something about his life, when I met him when he was 12, 13, we'd wake up, Amrit Vela, Shnan, Paan Karke, Tehar Pratyar Hoke, he'd sit and recite all his nitnam Kant. Mm-hmm. He had so much Bani Kant, 12, 13 year old. At that age, he was the Nishanchi of the Dal, the flag bearer of the Dal. So whenever the Dal went anywhere, whenever the army of that missile sheet, that Tarnadal, Baba Deep Singh's forge went anywhere, he was the flag bearer bearing the Nishan Saib, holding it straight up. And the thing about the Dal is you can't hold a Nishan Saib unless you're Bebeki. So if you eat anything from outside, you can't be a Nishanji in the Dal. If you take outside medicine, if you take, if you drink a drop of Coke or anything like that from outside, even water from somewhere else that isn't sanctified, can't even have a Burki from anywhere else, even from your own house. Everything you got to eat has got to become from the Bebeki Singhs, the Langri Singhs in the Dal, because it's a it's a martial academy. Mm. And a, a one way to get to an army is save you poison the food. Mm. So you have very trusted Singhs that are the Langris. And so he served in the Langar. He would make the Shiddi Dega Amritvela in the morning. And when you touch his hands, his hands are rough. Like mm. his, his, his Sarir is rough. Like you pinch them mm. and they don't feel it. The, the skin is like Jamara. Because day and mm. night they stay outside, they, they become very strong, very tough. They're, they're like jungly. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he was the Nishanti of the Dal. And also at Amrit Vella, who did Asadivar Dakirtan as well. Right. And he's, as a child, 12, 13 year old, mm-hmm. he was like one of the wisest people I've ever met. And one of the most, with the biggest heart. So one of the days when I went for a short period uh, for the Diwali Jor Mela, when I was going to come back, we were at Baba Bakala Sahib, and it was me and him with the Darji. And I got two free chole made, and he got one chola made. And we were there at the Darjis. When the Darji gave my chole, I thought, Jardikala, put him in a kajana, put him in a bag. Kajana, you know, everyone hears the word kajana means treasure chest as well. Mm-hmm. That's one of their things. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they have in there? They have a chola, they have a, a gutka saib or something like that, but they call it a treasure chest because that's their treasure. Mm-hmm. And so the Singh uh, gave him one chola. Mm-hmm. When he got the chola, he opened his kamarkasa, put his talwar to the side and put the new chola on, mm-hmm. re- redid his kamarkasa and everything. And then we left. And I didn't think nothing of it. Then we were walking. We saw a Grieb Singh at the side and Grieb Nyang Singh Forge. Mm. And his old Jola, he passed to that Singh. Mm. And I go, Baba, he's like, uh, and he goes, Koi galni. Apna sar juga. Mm. I'll be fine with just one Jola. Uh. Don't, he goes, don't worry about tomorrow. Kal nu ho juga. Maharaj ta dekhta ya. He said to me with a, a bit of like sternness, we Maharaj dekhta ya. Don't think our Guru takes care of, he takes care of everything. Don't worry. And that evening, or one or two day evenings later, at certain times in the year, 
The dal are all given provisions. Everyone in the dal, they looked after, they're given the kshere, they're given parne, the malle, they're given shastar, barshe if they don't have any. And uh, Baba Gajan Singh, the meat at that, at that time, this was the time of Baba Mukkan Singh, was given a, a lohia, like a lohia to the whole dal. Mm. And I was there and he gave me one. And I was like, yo, I got one. <laughs> like, I'm one of them. Like, obviously, I'm nowhere near them. Mm. Like, they're on a whole different level. And I'm just like an imposter person there living amongst warriors. And I was so happy I got this lohi. And we were walking, and there's a house, like a mud hut house, where there's a greed parvara. And as we were walking past there, they called out Babaji to Baba Joka Singh. And they go, oh, bo ho gaya darshan ho, aajo, aajo. And then Baba Joka Singh goes, Chalo, let's go. So we went into the house. When we went into the house, there was a Greek parvar, just a mata and one pot in Baba Bakala Sahib. And they lived there for many years. And they sat and uh, they made garam dod. And obviously, because Joga Singh's Babeki, he never had it. So I ha- had it and I, I drank the garam dod at this house that the mata prepared. With, and they never had meant much money. Mm. For, so for them to prepare this dod, it must have been something. And so mm. like I really appreciated that. And then as we were about to go, from a... Like one of those uh, dabbe, she pulls out like a, a lohi or a chadra. It's multicolored, nasty. Looked like whoa, <laughs> and then she came and she gave me that. Mm. And when she gave me that, I was like whoa, like this this family hasn't got much, mm-hmm. and they gave me this lohi. And then Jogasing, because uh, obviously Jogasing pops in there now and then, and he helps him out with my. He's not got much at that this time. He never had much himself, but every time he'd pop there, he'd help them. He'd help the family, give them some maya or any seva. He got at the end of a jormela when they do the kare, when they do the kord or the horse running and that. Each of the gorsik will get a bit of money from the jatadar, mm. and Jogasing would keep that. As a babeki saying, he's not going to really spend it, and he'd give it to these poor parvars around that. Area and this is a young. This is Joga's young at this time. Mm. With Baba Joga Singh's young at this time, and uh, he gives it. Then he just with me. He just gives it a shara with his finger, like give you a lohi. And this was a lohi. I was so. I just got it. I literally <laughs> an hour ago. I just got it. Mm. I was so. T- I was so pumped to come back to England and say mm. to everyone, "Yo, look at this lohi. Baba Gudjansen gave it me." You know. <laughs> no, sometimes someone gives us something. Yeah. We're so. We hold mm. it so sacred to our hearts that mm. this person gave it to me, mm. and he's at that moment. He says, "No, give it." And then I gave it to the Martha and she got so happy and like she like blessed us and stuff. And as we walked out, he Baba Jogasin could tell us a bit sad. And he goes, you know what? Don't hold close, don't hold too tightly onto anything. Mm. Rab sees everything and Rab will see everything you do. And you know what? Give with a kulla heart. With all mm. your heart, give. Mm. And don't worry about mm. anything else. Just do seva. When you do seva, give with all your heart. Mm. And uh, so a, a year or two later, when I was back again, at Jormela in the summer, we were sleeping and we were sleeping on the floor on hay in the night. And in the dal, when you sleep, it's, it's a bit crazy because there's always someone randomly for some reason doing jakari. <laughs> like, and they're always doing jakari and stuff. And we were at night on our asan. It was, uh, I was here, Joga Singh was here, and uh, there's a Baba Hari Singh, a few other things on this side. And we were, uh, they were on the manja, we were on the floor, on the hay. And uh, there's a saying called Logria mm. on that side. And the reason everyone called him Logria is when he was four or five years old, they found him at Kila Logar. It was a very dark, rough looking thing. Mm. He never had no family, nothing. So the, gal, the dal just took him on. The dal found, tried to find out where his parents, where his family are. And then when no one claimed him, the dal took him and the dal raised him. 
Mm. And the dal didn't even know his name. Obviously, when he took Amrit, he was given a name. Because in the dal, when you when you join the dal, you're given a new name as well. Mm. So after the Amrit Sanchar, they'll take a hukum nama. And after every letter, like if it's Hamri, Ganatan, ha ha. And then the Jathar of the Panjur will say, Hari Singh, Mama, Man Singh. And then they'll give everyone a new name that you're now a warrior in the dal. And this is your code name for the dal and you have your family name. So mm. this Singh, Singh obviously got his dal name, but everyone called him Logaria. Because they found him at Logar Kila. Mm-hmm. And then he grew up his whole life in the Dal. Mm-hmm. And in the Dal, there's loads of characters. This guy was a bit miserable. He wouldn't raldan isi sheti dujyandanal. Sometimes he wouldn't even have prashadda with the rest of the Dal. He'd paka his own prashadda. Mm-hmm. And this night, he was lying there. And he started saying, we just, Baba Ji. He started calling Baba Joga Singhava and giving him advice. We In the future, make sure you always keep a mala like this on you, a small mala. Make sure you stay away from these people. Make sure you do this. And, uh, and I'm like, anything that you want. And he didn't eat enough and then he lied down. When he lied down, we all lied down as well and uh, went to sleep. And you're sleeping under the stars. It's such a beautiful scene. And this was summer, so it was cool. Few matcher, but you know what? That's life. Mm. Uh, also, a pinpoint at this point if anyone does go to the Dal, don't try and live like them. Mm. We're not built like that. I had a friend from here who went to the Dal and he's like, Yeah, I'm going to live like them. I'm going to tough it out and stuff. And yeah, mm. first night in the Dal, he gets matcher bitten and his legs are lumped up nasty. Mm. And then he has to leave and come back to England within like a week. Because he was so tough and he got ill because of the matcha. That's mm. what I say. Anyone who goes, you know, look after yourself first. We're not built like that. Mm. They are a different level to us. They're a different mm. breed. Mm. They're like the thoroughbred soldiers of mm. gardening. Mm. We're like, I'm, I'm talking about myself. I'm like mm. an imposter. Mm. So always, you know, look after yourself first. When you go to India, mm. don't try and rough it out. Like them. make sure you take your medicine. Make sure you look mm. after yourself. Mm. Make sure you have your water and stuff. And don't try and live like them. Because we're not them. There's a, there's a world apart. Mm. To the extent where they're master swimmers, yeah. for a flowing river, they'll just akala and just jump in the mala, everything all. And they're swimming rapid against the stream, mm. their head above water, and they're going at it. Mm. And I remember I jump off a bridge once into the river, the mala came off everything. And Maharaj and Bachata, because things end up drowning and stuff in those mm. deep rivers, like Bias at some point and stuff, mm. with Maharaj and Bachata. So back to the, this situation, it was uh, me, Joga Singh, and Logaria. And in, in the middle of the night, we hear, not the middle of the night, say 11.40, 11.50, just before 12 o'clock, we hear his gora hankening, like, you know how horses are? And I, go, <laughs> mm. I can't do the scene. Can you do it? No. So his horse starts hankening. <laughs> his horse starts making loads of noise. Mm. Baba Joga Singh gets it. Yeah. Because this happens a lot in the dal. And then he, and he throws it. Because sometimes in the dal at night, a horse will break free and it'll be running round. And then the things will have to quickly get up to get the horse and control it before it runs off, before it fights with Because the, the horse, they're like Punjabi horses. They'll mm. fight with each other. They're Arab like Punjabi bande. Mm. And they'll, they'll fight with each other and all of that. Mm. And to the extent, one of the days, the horse broke free. I was that tired. And they go, saying, oh, to, 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 like, just in case you get trampled. I was like, forget it, man. I'm too tired. <laughs> it tramples me. It tramples me. Isn't it? Mm. So we're there and he's got us hankering loads. He's making loads of sounds. Mm. And then, Round one-ish, Baba Joga Singh has to wake up because he's got he's got to do Shnan, do the Nitanam, and then he's got to start in the Shardai Shiddi Deg Seva for three o'clock. So he's getting up, and obviously I'd get up at the same time. 
And so we uh, he gets up, we go have a shnan, come back, and he sees that uh, Baba Logria is still asleep. Then he pulls his chadar back, and you can see under the moonlight that his face is like white. He's died during the night. And it must have been at that point when he died that his gora, his horse, was making that sound. Mm-hmm. It's that, gore, that horse, he'd had, the mm-hmm. horse was been in the whole of the horse's life. Mm-hmm. So the horse knew nothing else but Baba Logria. Mm-hmm. And they had that deep connection with each other. That's why it's mm-hmm. called Janpai. That's mm-hmm. why the, the Nyang Singhs have such a love for their horses. Mm-hmm. Before, even the great, even the biggest Jatadar of the Nyang Singhs, before he gets on a horse, he'll touch the horse's gorda. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the Araki, this is the horse of the Guru. They, they, this, is the, this is the tool that the Guru gave us So the horse is given that much respect So at that point in nice, The horse was going crazy Making all those sounds When uh, Logria's soul must have been leaving And the Sheed Singhs had come to take Logria And when we uh, pulled the kumbha back We saw Logria's face His eyes were still open and that And then Joga Singh just put the chadar back on it was Baba Charai Karge. And then he just started doing his nitnam, like bare out, like without any crying or oh, oh no, our homie's gone or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Then Nitnam went to Dani Seva. Then after he done all his seva, he went to tell the Jatadaras and that and told the Sings uh, that uh, Babaji's passed away. Mm-hmm. And then the other Sings, like there's a Sing called Pardan, is he was a Nishanchi Singh in the Dal as well. He's still in the Dal today. Mm-hmm. He's got one like uh, eye which looks a bit different like glazed over if you ever see him mm. Chitta Dara he comes over he pulls back the chat and goes oh Baba you chal gay saath on the saath shatata hon and he's talking to him with such love and stuff in it yeah mm. and they go uh, then he goes Jodo Jodo Top Chargi when the sun's come out Udo Apa Sanskar Kar Dungay and I've I've seen dead bodies in this country I've seen family members like grandparents and stuff like that like uh, people from the uh, from the neighborhood who passed away and you've gone to funerals, but nothing firsthand like this would have touched the body. Mm. And then the the sun come up round, it's like six, seven o'clock, and they go, Chalo, Babaji da, uh, let's look after Babaji. Mm. Now like Baba Logria who's passed away. So they take the jadar off and he's there. And then uh, Pardan just puts his hands on his eyes and closes his eyes in it. And then he goes, Chalo, like uh, check through his pockets and everything in it. Mm. And then, uh, in Baba Logria's pocket, the amount it takes to do a part in the Dala Sage part, like uh, 5,100, uh, uh, 5, he had that exact amount of money. Mm. Then And then uh, uh, as we went through his wallet, uh, the Pradhan was there. And to cover the parties, the stara, and to cover the part, and then the rast pass, like the prashad and everything. He had that money set aside in his wallet. And then the uh, case would uh, let's comb his case, ties the mala, ties parla and everything, and then all that and got tika. And then I was there standing by the head, and I picked up the body's the body goes cold. Mm. Like you know, here when you go to do shnan of a body, you can pick it up and it bends and stuff because the way the pardon there. I went to pick up his body to sit it up so we could tie it at the start, and it's stuck like rigor mortis is sitting, mm. and he starts sliding off the manja. Oh, Baba, Baba, no farla. So we get the Baba, we put him back, and they go, Nay, nay, idda, nay, because they say, get the. I had done hardly any of the seva that you guys do. Mm-hmm. So they cracked his back. Mm-hmm. So he's there like that. And the crack. So it's up like it's erect like that. And then they comb his case. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way through they're doing this. They're doing part, doing simran, doing the malada slok, ties the malada, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Then his, his body's like that. 
Mm. And then they go crack it back down, and they crack it back down, <laughs> and then they lift the manja and they take it by the darbar. So we're outside the darbar now, and we're washing the body. The sings the uh, other mahakal sings are in the seva of washing the body. Mm. And during this time, a young pachangi, about six years, five, six years old, comes up to me. He's all toffee wala. Because he used to call me Toffee Wala Because when every time I'd go to the dal With these little kids yeah, I'd, I'd take toffee not, I wouldn't take toffees I'd take chocolates and sweets Can we call you that now? No, 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 no. <laughs> Delete that bit <laughs> But Like some of the things they, they, they never called me by my name ever This is about England England or yeah They just They just call you that Because for them They don't care about names Or anything mm-hmm. like that This is mm-hmm. It's all It's all with love mm-hmm. He was all Toffee Baba And he was They didn't see the color Hmm I said, huh? Like, I was still like, yo, the man died. Mm. I, was, I was feeling sad. Like, why is, I was kind of feeling sad that other people ain't sad. Mm. Like, we're taught here, we're programmed, oh, when someone dies, mm. you cry. And they were laughing and joking. And mm. when they were doing, and there's one sing sitting there reading Bani. And there's, Mami Chonda, this is the young five year old, his name is Bachitar Singh. Mm. The story about him when he was younger, actually when he was younger, when he was five, six years old, when I was there, one of the times he ran away from the dal as well because oh. he didn't like it. He goes, Oh, Kaya Jada, Namanu Kushmel Damino, Emi Tali Jande Swerno and stuff. And he found it very difficult at a young age in the dal. And Joga Singh, Baba Joga Singh would always find him and bring him back and say, Tu lagare, stay committed, yeah, and then Usara Kushmel Joga. No. You will get everything in the world. Don't worry, just stay committed. And he would sometimes go and hide behind the bagiya and stuff at Amrit Villa so he could sleep. Or he'd hide with a palki saib beneath the, uh, under, behind the tire mm. so he can get a few extra hours kept because they'd go and wake everyone up to do hajari in Asadivar. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, in the winter when we're there, and having Ishnan, and then if Bichitra sings there, the youngest singer, uh, Amritullah, he'd say to me, Oh, Baba, Kasherat, oh, the, oh, because obviously there's no hot water there, it's mm. cold water. If it's mm. Sarovar Pani, it's mm. even colder. When it's water coming from the bum, from the Nalka, it's a bit warmer. Mm. So I'd wash his Kashere. And one of the sings shouted at me, he goes, don't wash the kashere, don't help them or don't wash the chole too much. Make them do it. Yes, they're young, mm. but this will give them the teaching that they need for later on in life. Oh. This will give them the discipline. Mm. So at this point, Bichatar Singh there and he turns to me, he's talking. And he goes, Mami Chonda, Mernal wi dai hoe. He's five years old and he goes, Mernal wi dai hoe. And I go, Kidda. And he goes, Dek. He goes, Baki Sansar rondi fertia. Ah, Sankini Chardikala chigaya, Seva karda gaya. The Jodoho the Antasamagia. And now they're doing his kiriya. No one's crying. Everyone's happy. And they're And I was like, whoa. Kid, you're five, six. And I was like, respect to you. And then they did this whole, they got the lakkar and they did his whole sanskar and everything. And it was just a beautiful thing as they sat there. And the sanskar is happening. Baba Makkan Singh come out. And all the dals come out and they're sitting there. And they're just watching the body burn. Mm. Like they had to do the funerals outside on the same day. And it's such a surreal, humbling, but real experience of this is life. Mm. This It was just amazing. And that's one of the experiences that happened mm. in the dal that just made me feel, wow. Yeah. It just, mm. just, I think about it sometimes. Mm. Well, that's how people go. Mm. We're just a shell. And the love that they showed and the mriyada that they showed at that time was just awesome. It's just amazing. Mm. Thank so, you for sharing that story. Yeah. You're jumping. Oh, I was just going to ask because um, I love these kind of stories. Like, uh, what about uh, do you have any more stories when with your time with Baba Makkan Singh Ji or Baba Gajan Singh Ji? So, I got a few stories with different uh, Jatadars. Mm. Baba Makkan Singh Ji was very much a sad. 
Mm. They just sit on the manja and just japping naam all day. Mm. And one day I was sitting there watching them. Baba Gajan Singh said, you think they're just sitting there looking around? Mm. And their bani chalda. Because they'd sit there on the manja. Like that. Mm. And he goes, you think they're just sitting there? Which naam chalda hai? Mm. And Baba Gajan Singh, the Baba you just passed away earlier this year, he was a sevadar who served Baba Bishan Singh, Baba Geetan Singh from a young age. And he'd stand by the sarana all day. Mm. And stand by the sarana at night as well. All night he'd stand by the sarana and do their seva. Mm. And they'd tell tales of Baba Geetan Singh. When Baba Geetan Singh, before they were jathadar, they were, when they were jathadar of uh, Misal Shida, they're doing prashadya and the seva at uh, Shahidi Bagh. And then, you know, in the dal, they have huge tave, mm. like massive tave and the hot fire underneath. He was doing, Hullah uh, Malla, doing seva day and night, and they're getting tired and they're falling like that. And one of the saints said to him, Baba Ji, you see Ram Karlum make Arta seva. And Baba Keetan Singh turned and goes, Amor ke sama hoga? Hmm. What's the guarantee that this sama of this seva will come again? And tapda by the, in the Bekki Langar and the heat. Right by the Tavas, tossing the, doing the Prashad, they were like that and staying awake. This, the Seva and the, the way of life there is just crazy. Mm. And one of, the, one of the funniest stories is, it's not funny, but one of the, one of the stories mm. where I where kind of made me cry as well, mm. no joke, I did cry, is when I was in Buddha Dal and uh, there was a Challa. So a Challa, every so often they do a Challa, the Dal, the army, they called Chakravarti forever roaming. They're known as the fifth Takat. We always roam around and protect the Guru Kars mm. who do Seva, do Parchara, Sikhi, do parts, help people in pens and stuff like that. Mm. So they're always roaming. And in Buddha Dal, in, in all the Dals, there's a hierarchy where there's a Jatadara. And each Singh will know his role and know his Seva mm. as a tourist. Because well, the reason I say tourist, I was there for how long? A couple of months, a year. Mm. I'm not there for life. Yeah. All those things, they are lifers then they know we're not going to leave anywhere else. I knew uh, end of the month, end of two months, I'm gone. I'm back in the UK, chilling. Mm. Uh, end of the year, I'm gone. And uh, they were getting ready for a challa uh, one of the days. And I, uh, Baba Sarjeet Singh was the Kori on the Jatadar at that time. And uh, as the challa was about to, like about an hour before the challa, I was sitting by Baba Ji and he was talking to someone. And then I go, uh, Baba Ji, challa kiddarno ya? He just looked at me and ignored me. Then he looked at me again, like with a bit like, who are you? And then he had to go at me. He had to go and he shouted at me like, you don't ask. Like, go, don't, don't ask questions, go. And then I was like, yo, I'm kind of upset. Like, this is someone who I idolize and love and this is like a Mahapurush. And he had to go at me, man. And, being naram people, we're here from here, we're quite naram, we're quite, we have that self-esteem. Oh, someone said something to us, oh, I'm mm. sad. You could say something to a dal saying, shout at him, mm. like, Chardikala, Vaiguru. And then they go up, they, nothing affects them. Mm. Death, birth, nothing affects them. You can shout at them, Vaiguru, Tika, Satabach, and they know how to take a, a mm. shouting out. And that's why you see, any Mahapurush here, the Sangi of the Mahapurush, They've learnt to take a jerking. They've learnt to take a shouting out. They've learnt that humility. Mm. I still don't know that humility, even though that's happened. Mm-hmm. And so Baba Ji shouted, and then I got Tika. The challah happened. We arrived at the next pra and stuff. And in the evening, he said to one of the things, like, he's not come by me all day. And then uh, Baba Ji goes, huh? And then I didn't speak. And he goes, 
Gussa. And I go, Nayri, Baba. And then he just put his hand on my shoulder and he goes, Listen, here there exists a hierarchy. Here you know your role. And here there's a mariyadda where the jathadar will say the chala, the, the pra, just before we're going to go. Obviously, a lot of things who have stayed in the dal 10, 20 years know roughly, all right, we're on the way to Ananda Prasab, and next is uh, here, next uh, pra is there, and then we're going to go to this kila or there, and then we're going to end up. So they roughly know. But at any moment, the Korean and the jathadar in charge of the actual chala can change it. And mm. he was explaining, you know what, we keep this mariyadda alive, and we keep that rank system alive. Don't be upset, mm. but you'd learn that you don't ask questions, certain questions. Mm. You live by the code that is, exists here. Mm. And then he, he showed a lot of love and hugged me close and stuff. And he said, you know, sometimes you need this. Sometimes you need to be reprimanded. Sometimes the things here get beats mm. because it keeps them in line. It keeps them, it keeps that discipline. When a singer misses Amrit Vailab, like why? What were you doing? When a singer misses Isevati Nunipada, Mm. Like when a singer doesn't look after his horse properly His horse mm. gets ill He will get in trouble And that's the beauty of it You're held responsible mm. And he said to me If you've come and you're staying with us You also will be held responsible For everything you do say mm. And everything you do not say And do not do mm. And it, it, was, it was It was a blessing mm. As well to see such a Jungly And if you've ever seen a picture of Baba Sarjit Singh They used to have the Dhamala tilt to the side Always mm. jangi tiyar pratyar And their chair and when they'd Amrit Vella, when they'd sit on the asan and recite Bani, it was beautiful. And one of the things when I was at that at that same trip, when I was in India, uh, in Punjab, I was in the bunga of one of the Nishanchi sings of Buddha Dal. And in the same bunga, there was a uh, Baba Bahadur Singh, who after Baba Sarjit Singh became the Koryan the Jatadar. And at this time he he was like Chardikala. Is serving under Baba Jaginder Singh. Uh, so in this tent, in this, uh, the Bunga of the Nishanchi Singh was uh, him. There was a, another Singh that was a Kathavajak. Uh, there was the Nishanchi Singh, Indrajit Singh. There was Singh Changyara Singh, who's in jail now uh, for Panthik Seva. And uh, there was us. And the Nishanchi Singh at random reaches up and he grabs a poti. He grabs a poti, he opens the poti, and he just starts reading the shans. And the poti that he read out from was Panth Prakash, mm. uh, written by Ratan Singh Pangu. Mm. And the Sakhi that he told at that time was how Nawab Kapoor Singh got his Nawabi. And that whole scene, when you read that scene in Panth Prakash of how Nawab Kapoor Singh got his Nawabi by Subeg Singh, by Subeg Singh Jambar, who was Shaheed on the Charkriyan, is the one who comes with the Nawab, the, the star of Nawabi and the money and everything like that to give that Nawabi. Mm. As he comes, Bhairatan Singh writes exactly how the dal was. He goes, some things are having ishnan, some things are standing and tying the nali of the kashere, and the things have huge kashere. Like the type that during the uh, Jali Mukti time when they put the kashere out mm. in the bushes to make them look like tents, mm. some things are tying the mali, some mm. things are cleaning shastar, some things are doing shastar with the abhyas, some things are ucchi sort which bani pardeya, like they do reading different bani, kalastat chandi divar, some things are massaging other things, because that's a big Seva and the Dal that the younger things will do they'll massage the oldest thing some things are massaging the horses mm. and one thing is doing a fan on there's a darbar going on where Kirtan 
what's going on. And one Singh's doing a fan. And that Singh doing the fan is Nawab Kapoor Singh. Kapoor Singh at that time. He's doing a fan of all the other Singhs. And then they bring the Nawabi. And literally as uh, uh, Baba Indaji Singh was doing this Katha, I was looking out and I could see all that scene playing out. I could mm-hmm. see someone tying at the mall. I could see someone who had a garva and is pouring water on an old Baba mm-hmm. and washing the Baba's case and then doing Mutti Chapi. You could see someone combing, uh, doing Karkra on the horse. And some things are looking at Talwara, comparing Talwara. You can something <laughs> doing Shastra. All right in front of me. I'm like, whoa. He's talking about something in the 18th century that's happening right now in front of my eyes. I was it, that moment changed my life. Mm. It was it was crazy, and it, it man, it was so wicked. Mm. <sighs> you know, sometimes you just gotta reflect. Yo, that was mad. <laughs> I don't know why a puppy like me, Maharaj, put me in that situation, mm. but it's so beautiful to see. And then as he done, um, he just he done that prasang. The things that they're sitting and they're going ha ha, they're laughing and they enjoy. This is their entertainment. <laughs> There's no gossip. All the time I've been in the, I never heard any gossip. Mm. I've never, I never heard anyone talking about everyone talking about the, anything like that. Everything they talk about is asking a prat and so much. seva kar Maharaj dibani This has happened today. And then he talks about how the Nawab, the Nawabi wasn't uh, uh, Nawab Kapoor Singh never accepted the Nawabi at first. He goes get the Panj Singh and wipe the Dastar. Grease get on their feet, and only then I would tie it on my head. And when I tie it on my head, I would still not give up my save of fanning the sings, of uh, picking up the coriander lead. And you know, when we hear sings picking up the coriander lead, picking up the horse manure, mm. and we think, yeah, they do, they do it with their hands. Yeah. One of the sings or the lead of the horse, that pure, they push it and they with their hands and stuff as well. Mm. And before one of the sings says, now, before I start this seva, I'm looking after the horses. Mm. I always say Nawab Kapoor Singh's name. Before I get on my horse, I say Tan Guru Harkobin Singh, Tan Baba Bidhi Chand. And the way they're connected to mm. Sakya, to everything, is just another level. It was amazing because um, the whole time you're speaking, I was thinking about what you're saying about how Dal is like going back in in time. Yeah. Like going past, and, and you just said it yourself, basically, uh, that when you were listening to that Saki, that the horse, it was as if, Everything's happening in front of you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. And then bringing that towards the Sikh History Series podcast. Uh, how did that start then? How did you start this seva of the Sikh History Series podcast? So uh, always had Bihar, always loved Sakya. And uh, during lockdown, everything closed, everything shut down. And always before lockdown, I always gone to camps at night with the kids telling Sakya, and not just with the kids, with each other, with our friendship, with the things that we roll with, mm. always telling Sakya, we're sitting in a cold, we're sitting in a car, Baba, tell us a Saki. Mm. And one single rip Saki, and goes, the other one goes, yo, I'll tell you, this Saki reminds me of this when this happened. Mm. All the time, mm. we're always telling each other Sakya. Mm. All the time, these things that I've known from like 25 years plus, I've not, I don't remember us not talking about Sikhi whenever we're together. Right. We, we've been on plane rides together. We've been five, six hour car journeys together. Mm-hmm. Always talking about Sakya. Always, t- what's your favorite Sakya? Or what's your favorite Bani? Which Bani makes you feel like uh, happy? Which Sakya? Mm-hmm. We're always talking about Sakya. And during lockdown, everyone was hiding off in their houses, scared of a Bamaria, while the Gore were fighting over toilet paper. And we were like, yo, Shufi, <laughs> We were meeting each other. Mm-hmm. And we'd meet each other. There was a building server going on at the Godvara. 
So we'd go help with the seva, do a bit of digging, stop. And then we just start telling Sakya. And sometimes we wouldn't do no digging at all for three, four hours. <laughs> and we'd just be telling Sakya. We hear the seva daughter come in. Oh, bale. Oh, takke we. And then we'd sit there. Like you said, no seva, just Sakya. Yeah, yeah, literally, literally. I'm not even joking. Mm. And uh, I used to go, not even for the seva. Mm. It was for the sangat of the sings. And so we could just talk, talk about Sikki, talk about Sakya. And then it ended up being that uh, one or two of the singers said to me, yo, Saki Sanadefer. And then we'd all stop and we'd tell her Sakia. And then one of the singers one day goes, yo, you know that Saki from yesterday? Record it on your phone, send it me. I want to send it to this guy. Mm. And then I go, all right, safe. And then we had another program where it was at this time, no one was going Godvara, Guru Kars were locked, not allowing programs. We So we started doing programs at each other's houses. You know, you can have one person at your house. We had 30 turn up and stuff. <laughs> every every week, literally, we had a program mm -hmm. at each other's houses where we'd uh, mm -hmm. do Kirtan, do Rera Sahib, do Sukhmanita, Arti Arta, everything. And then we'd tell uh, Go Sakya. And then one of the things just goes, you know what, you should just start recording them one time. Mm -hmm. And then I heard there's the other six out there doing uh, podcasts and stuff. And I thought, you know what, mm -hmm. let's do it. So I got my phone, put it on record. But before I did that, I wrote, I wrote it up a bit. I thought, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Where's my favorite Sakya? What's my favorite period in Sikh history? 18th century Shaheeds, Bant Prakash. Aim it after that. And all I did was translate Bant Prakash into English. There's some translations already. Maybe not the best written, but I just looked at it, read the Deek and translated it, and then I just read that. So just for it, listeners, what is Bant Prakash? I'll, I'll, I'll come on to that. So, uh, and then I just record the Sakya, upload it onto uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, and then bam, send it around. And then... Mm. This is Seva started. I thought, you know what? I tell Sakya anyway. I go to camps and tell Sakya. Go to people's houses and programs just to tell Sakya. They think it's Qatar, but really it's just it's just it's just Sakya. <laughs> and so what I what I based it off was Bant Prakash, which due to that experience is India experience training when I'm younger and our start would read Bant Prakash to us. I had a deep love for this grant and Bant Prakash. Was the is the grant the for, for that the only and the for, the first time the Shidi of Pai Taru Singh comes up the Shidi of Pai Tara Singh comes up the Shidi of Pai Sukha Singh Pai Matab Singh all these Shidi all these Sakya come in Pant Prakash first mm. before that they're not written down anyway it's oral history that they passed on mm. and so how uh, Pant Prakash came about was in 1803 the British East India uh, Trading Company arrive in Delhi and the takeover of Delhi. And what happens is in around 1809, they move to Ludhiana and that's their first post near Punjab. And in Ludhiana, Sir David Octoloni, who resigns and Captain uh, Murray takes up his job. And Captain Murray is given the job by the British to record the history of the Sikhs because they can't get into Punjab. Because there's a race of warriors that live on horseback, fight and die on horseback, that don't know how to step back, taking this guerrilla warfare to us, not letting us enter, mm. that we can't come anywhere near Punjab. And they want to find out and do CID of who these people are. Mm. So they employ uh, one or two Mughals. First, they employ a Mughal, Kashikatarai in Delhi, to write it, uh, a version of Sikh history. As soon as they read that, they know this is lies. Like, this straight up, this is this guy's just doing Nindia. Mm. So then they ask uh, Gaurali Badshah, a Mughal leader at the time. He also writes lies. And then they come to Bhutte Shah Molvi in Batala in Punjab. And he writes a history of the Sikhs called Tariqe Sikh in Farsi. And in this, he's done Nindia of the Gurus, saying, that, you know what, this calm there, Thieves and bandits, they have no right of sovereignty in Raj. Mm. And Pai Ratan Singh Pungu, who's in Ludhiana at the time, uh, comes across uh, Captain Murray, comes across this 
fake written Granth of Nindya. And then he says, you know what, I will write the true history. I will write the history of the Panth. And Pai Ratan Singh Ji Pangu is the son of Rai Singh. Rai Singh is the son of Matab Singh. Matab mm. Singh, the one who's Shahidi Saki we heard earlier, mm. the one who chopped off Masarangar's head. Mm. So Pai Ratan Singh Pangu is the grandson of Pai Matab Singh. So his family are all Shaheeds. His granddad, his great-granddad is Pai Hara Singh Pangu. And so all his family are Jujaru, Khal, Sanihang Singh, Foja. So he grew up with this history taking place around him. Mm. He was part of this history. For example, uh, he's, Jitadar Sham Singh was his nana. So another of the Dal's warriors who was a companion of Nawab Kapoor Singh and took Amrit from Nawab Kapoor Singh was his nana. Mm. So his dad and his nana side, both sides of his family were deep in the Panth mm. and he heard all these Sakya firsthand. So everything that happened in the Panth, he heard firsthand. It's like us writing a story of what our, how our parents came to the country. Mm-hmm. Our parents telling us exactly in detail, I met this person and this thing happened. It's like that. And Rai Singh, who was uh, Ratan Singh's father, was around five or six years at the uh, old at the time when uh, Masarang's head was uh, decapitated in Darbar Sahib. When Masarang's head was decapitated, the Mughals went mad, as we mentioned before. The Rangars cried and they sent a search party out to find Matab Singh. So they went to his bend in Mirakot. They went there and they went to find Matab Singh, but they couldn't find Matab, they couldn't find Matab Singh. But they heard his son, his toddler son, Rai Singh, is here in this village. And then the Mughals at the time went, yo, kill him. Mm. If we can't find the father, let's execute the child. Let's mm-hmm. rip that child limb from limb. Let's make the father remember who he's messing with. Mm-hmm. So at that time, there's a village elder called Natta Khera mm-hmm. who's taking charge and looking after the same village child and looking after Bhai Matab Singh, she, uh, Bhai Matab Singh's son. This is why Bhai Matab Singh's out in the jungles. So as he hears this, Natta Khera jumps a wall as the Mughals are entering the village with uh, Rai Singh, the infant child of Bhai Matab Singh, his son, his nephew and two servants. There's all this jatha and they leave and they're running across the field and the Mughals find out and they chase him down. And as they're chasing him down, Natta Khera turns and makes a stand. His son and his nephews pull out their blades and Natta Khera pulls out a tir command. And every Mughal that's stepping forward, Nathakera is letting a tear go and shooting and dropping the Mughals dead. He's moving around and he's maneuvering, rising the child in between his legs and behind him, trying to save this child's life at all costs. The Mughals now, in a big number, there's a battle that takes place here and they charge, cavalry charge, uh, Nathakera. And Nathakera is a son and two nephews are Shaheed, and the two servants are Shaheed as well. Nathakera also there firing his tir, he's, uh, he's firing his tir, his arrows break, he tosses his uh, tir command, his bow to the ground, he pulls out his talwar and he's standing and he fights, and he gives Shahidi as well. And at this time, the cavalry charge, charge over all the uh, of Sikh there, including Rai Singh, and they, they, you've seen a horse, it's huge, cavalry, 10, 15, 20, 40 horses charging after you, rolling over you, stamping on you, and then they're cutting down, making sure all those people are dead. The horses are trampling on by rising five, six-year-old infant child, they're trampling over, and then they cut down to uh, to kill him. As they cut down to kill him, sometimes when you're striking down, the talwar hits into the dirt and 
uh, and cuts into his neck and his shoulder and his back. Mm. And the infant child's there bleeding, lifeless. Mm. And then they ride off. A Bibi and Old Bajor agree, Bibi from the bend, find these sayings, these Gursiks that are there, Shaheed, and come to them. And they notice this child, rising is still alive. They notice rising is still breathing. So they collect him, they sew him back up, they rest him, and they nurture him back to health. And when he's back to health, they look after him. And then he goes and joins the Dal. And it goes back and joins the Khalsa warriors. So mm-hmm. rising then is growing older. And he, uh, after the Shid Devi's father, which takes place five years later, by Sukhasing, Mira, uh, by Sukhasing, uh, Marukambi, then the one who went with his bro- uh, dad, looks after him and raises him. And rising is there in a lot of pivotal events in Sikh history. When by Sukhasing goes and gives Shahidi, rising is there. He knows exactly what happened. And he's told these stories onto Pai Ratan Singh Ji Pangu, mm-hmm. who's his son. So when Pai Ratan Singh Ji writes Pant Prakash, he's writing exactly what he's saying. So mm-hmm. it's such an authentic, beautiful source of Sikh history. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, his nana then is uh, Baba Sham Singh, Kora Singhia. Uh, so that's his uh, mother's father. And he, uh, Baba Sham Singh, saw Guru Gobind Singh when he was a young child. He had darshan of Guru Gobind Singh. Yeah. Later on, he takes Amrit from the hands of Nawab Kapoor Singh. He's given a talwar and a horse to go and gather a, a bunch of Singhs, form his own dal and do seva. And he was one of the jatadars of the Khalsa armies at the time as well. So Ratan Singh Pangu, hearing the stories of his elders, his brothers, his sisters, Jatje, Taya, everything is held. He then writes down beautifully and he tells the histories of the Sikhs from the time of Guru Nanak Dev Ji goes briefly. And then when he talks about the missile period, that's when he shines. And that's when he goes like onto another level where it's picture perfect of everything that's happened. The Saki of Bhai Tara Singh Van, all these great Shahidya, the Shahidya of Bhai Gurbaksh Singh defending Darbar Sahib, they come in a this grant for the first time um, uh, by Mani Singh Shahidi, the Vada and Shota Kalukara, which are absolutely mad. Mm. To hear these Sakya 100% will change your life. Mm. Like I done one season on the, on the Shota Kalukara and it, I had to take breaks between recording because I just have to, I just have to sit and just mm. contemplate what our elders went through. Mm. The hardships they fought and it's life. Listen to these Sakya mm. and it's it's not, I, I own nothing. Our elders who gave us these Sakya, it's our duty to pass them on. Mm. If our elders have done something so great and we don't pass them on, who are we? We're idiots. Mm. Mm. Our great Sakya of our Shaheeds, it's our duty to tell it. And I live by a, a code that's each one, teach one. I always say every time I go anywhere with kids camps and that, with adults camps, I go each one, teach one. So everyone listening, you guys, if you love this, if you respect this, if you, any of these sakya, each one, each one of you teach one, tell at least one other person mm. and tell them that same thing. Each one of you teach one. Mm. Each one is your duty to mm. tell someone else. If you hear anything good in Sikhi, if you hear any trika of japping nam, if you hear any bisram that you never knew, it's your duty as a sect to pass it on. Mm. That's how the panther grows. If we grow together, because some people, they'll do, this is my seva, what someone else do my seva mm. for? No. 
bro, I say everyone out there, start your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Everyone out there, start your own uh, sunstars. Do something, not sunstars, Start your own thing with your group of friends. Get together. Go through Pant Prakash in your own houses. Go through Japri Sahib. If you got a few homies from university, get together. Read Rera Sahib once a week. If you can't read it, listen to it, follow along. Mm-hmm. Everyone's duty is to do something. And I always say if we do nothing, we are nothing. Mm-hmm. If we do something, at least we're something, at least we're trying. In the age of Kal Jog, when Kal Jog out there is that bad, and we're getting shit that left, right, and center. We've got to stand and fight this war of spreading the love of Sikhi out there. Mm-hmm. And basically then in an 1841 in the Bungal Sardar Sham Singh, near Darbar Sahib, Bairatan Singh Ji completes Pant Prakash and Pant Prakash is this collection of those Sakhiya. Right. And you started this seva during um, lockdown. Yeah. And uh, how's that seva gone and how far have you got with the seva of the Sikh History Series so podcast? So in the first season, I do 10 episodes. Mm. I do the childhood of Bhai Sukha Singh, what happens when he's a child. Because at one point when he's a child, his parents, he's a young child, uh, 12, 13 years old. He's joining with the Khalsa Singhs. Obviously, Khalsa Singhs are outlaws at this time. His parents don't want him to be a Singh. They don't want him to keep his case. Because mm-hmm. what's happening in he's in love with the Sings. Sings are paying visit, coming to that village, and now they're causing trouble in that village because the Mughal Mukhbars at the time they're saying, okay, there's a lot of Singh movement and activity going on in this village. Go and see what's happening. Mm-hmm. And a be- an important thing about Bai Sukha Singh, he, he's uh, he's from the family of an, an older Gursikhs as well. So in his family lineages, he's from um, a family of Gursikhs as well. So, uh, what's the saying? So things are coming to his village now and the parents are going a bit panicky. They're getting a bit worried. He's from the family of Bai Lalo. Uh, so, you know, in Guru Nanak Dev Ji went everywhere. There's one place to didn't go, to the house of Malak Bhaggo. Malak Bhaggo was that greedy landowner who would choose the blood of others mm. and then make his riches. And then when Guru Nanak squeezes those two prashad, they remember that Sakya, mm. one mm. comes blood, one comes milk. The one that comes milk, that's by Lalo's house where Guru Nanak Devji visited. Mm. By Sukha Singh is a descendant of Bai Lalo. Wow. So he's got that Sikhi in his family, in his blood. But at this time, in this raw period of Sikh history, his family don't want him to be a Gursik. Mm. So one of the days they drug him. They put drugs, uh, a bang in his a sag. He eats his sag, he eats his prashad, and he gets knocked out. When he's knocked out, they call a uh, barber to come and cut his hair. He wakes mm. up in the morning, wake up in the morning. When he when he comes to uh, consciousness, and he feels his gears are cut, mm. and in a fit of this, like, what's happened? My life is ruined. I gave my life to the panth. Mm. My gears mean more to me than anything else in the world, and you guys cut them. You guys are supposed to be my parents, mm. and you cut my gears. He runs off and he dives into a well, mm. like a deep well. And as he lands in the bottom of the well, he's trying to die now. He's like managing that. I don't want to live. I want to die. Mm. What's life if I can't have my Sikhi Sarup? Mm. That's a beautiful and important. Sikhi Sarup gas were more important than their own family or anything else. So he's trying to die. And all the Bendwari are coming together. They're throwing ropes down. They're trying to lower someone down. And Sukha Singh is in the bottom of this well now, trying to, uh, trying to daub himself, trying to drown. And an elderly Nihang Singh's walking past the bend. And he hears the commotion. And he comes, he sees Sukha Singh down in the well, and he goes, Pot, mm. If we are to die, we are to defi- die fighting the Mughals in battle. Mm. 
And Sukhasin, seeing the swarup of this Mahakal warrior, it was Tika. And then they come up. And that Singh ties his Damala. And Sukhasin gets him there and then takes him to the Dal. And then Sukhasin joins the Dal. So, and then he goes on how he's got Karnami in the Dal, where, he, where people are all scared to go to battle against these great Pratan warriors that come. Sukhasin steps up and he fights him at a young age. And he's very close with Jarat Singh. Jarat Singh is the great grandfather or grandfather of. Uh, Maharaja Ranjit Singh mm. and Maharaja Ranjit Singh was a don mm. a true Raja like sometimes mm. people throw shade on Maharaja Ranjit Singh like oh he did this he did that listen by Maharaja, Maharaja Ranjit Singh was one of the greatest kings ever to grace the world mm. he had so much love for Darbar Sahib that wherever he sat he'd face his uh, Korsa towards uh, Darbar Sahib mm. wherever he go he'd have Bani being recited he had so many shabads of Guru Granth Sahib Khan. Mm. He had so much pyar for the Guru. Look how much seva he did. Yeah. And still some people out of ignorance or anything tried to do Nindya uh, Maharaja or Raja Ranjit Singh say, oh, he don't know, or oh, he did this, he did that. Who are we? Mm-hmm. We're no one. So going on, so uh, season one, uh, the Shiddi of, uh, so going on, then we talk about Matab Singh, how they chopped Masaranga's head. Then we talk about Garja Singh and Bhutta Singh, two Singhs who established Kal Saraj, we talk about Baitaru Singh. And then the second series I've done, we, we took on the Shahidi Saka, uh, the, the Battle of Jumkor, the greatest battle to ever take place, will ever, intergalactic, whatever, mm. the greatest battle where 1.8 million warlord, bad boy, toughest of the warriors mm. from all across the world, from Africa, from the Khyber Pass, from Iran, Iraq, from uh, Mongolia, they all came together at Jamkor Sahib to fight against our Guru and 40 warriors. Mm. The greatest battle, the battlefield where they said if each of them got a, a, a handful of mitti and threw it towards the, the killer, they would bury the killer, there were that many of them. Mm. That many soldiers came to that battle, the earth shook. Day turned to night because of the dust that rose from their horses, elephants, war dogs, oot and all of that. There were that many battalions that they born up in mm. Suraj Prakash, Kavi uh, Santok Singh writes that there's that many battalions in between themselves. They don't even understand the languages that are spoken. Mm. He speaks about dark warriors coming from the lands of Africa and everything. The greatest battle. So season two is that. Season three is the Shidi of Paitaru Singh. Season four is the Shotaka Lukara, which is just intergalactic out this world mm. and then I don't know what season five but the reason I've been a bit slack on it is I've not produced as much as I can because obviously working a full-time job mm. two young kids who are crazy mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, had a had a couple of seasons recorded mm. but that as I mentioned earlier the hard drive got messed up and written over so mm. they've been lost but you know I'm gonna come back on it my dad's get up grants more time mm. and I come on it and just uh, do a bit more mm. so if Spread the word about so, the yeah, so, uh, Where can people listen to it then? On SoundCloud mainly and YouTube, right? Yeah, SoundCloud and YouTube. Yeah, just type in Seek History. Seek series. History Series podcast, podcast yeah. and listen to it as you're training. Mm-hmm. Like I got messages, yo, I was listening to it while I'm training. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it and some Gora tried to start me and I was about to drop him. And someone <laughs> said, yo, I play it with my children. Listen mm-hmm. to it wherever. And if, if you don't like it, listen to someone else tell the Sakya. Mm-hmm. The main thing is find someone or find anywhere where these Sakya are, or find these grants where these Sakya are, and read them. Mm. And you don't have to follow me, you don't have to, I don't do any, I don't care. Mm. 
mm. but just share these sakhiyan mm. and just uh, to go on to uh, another seva that you guys do talking about like um, cutting of the gears and stuff you do gears and bar workshops as well right so yeah, you, do you want to yeah, just yeah. touch on what that is about and so, what, what, uh, why did you start that as well with gears and bar a few years ago mm. we watched and when you know how there's lots of kids getting bullied mm. and they get beat up and they targeted because they're sick and the nishani that stands out is what is their gays is mm. their gutta mm. is their patka it's their chunni mm. it's the fact that their gays are targeted and we saw a lot of these videos and then uh, me and another sing from singami podcast was sitting together at, at his house there was another sing with us but he fell asleep you know who you are <laughs> and we as we were talking uh, in dissing he used to be a mma fighter and he won the mma belt of, of uk as well so wow. he knows what he's doing when it comes to martial arts mm. and we were talking yo what can we do mm. we've got to do something if something happens and you're aware of it you must act as sick we must act if we hear someone in our alakas hungry and needs food we have to act we've got no choice we have to do something mm. we became aware of all this bullying and all this that's going on before you know what we got to do something Let's get together, travel the country when and however we can mm. and put on a seminar called Gays Sambal mm. and the aim is basically to teach people how to look after their gays and it's too multifaceted. Mm. The first thing is we are going to be targeted or some of us are going to be targeted because of our gays and we're going to be bullied. Some people are bullied. Mm. How to stand up to bullies, how to fight against them, how to speak up, how to act with confidence. Mm. because it's vital no one messes with a confident person even if you don't have the ability to fight or back up your words your words alone will deter a lot of people yeah. so now we travel the country where and when we can and we teach people how to speak mm. how to use the power of the voice like oi mm. like just using the voice if someone's saying no mm. you don't talk about my hair mm. we teach them like you know once we go oh your hair looks like a goat no my hair is a, of that of a warrior i have long hair i am very proud of my long hair mm. this is my religion i will never cut my long hair we give the kids script we give them affirmations like i am sick i am strong i am confident i will never cut my hair i will stand up for myself i will speak respectfully i will take care of everyone and then teaching the kids to be respectful to strong if you're respectful if you're strong no one messes with you mm. and then teaching them some martial art moves what to do if someone's grabbing your gear how to build a fence like some of us are trained with the Jeff Thompson other martial artists so we've got experience of what we're doing and the main thing we're teaching is the ability to stand up for yourself and the mentality mm. more than knowing how to fight it's knowing what to fight for and when to fight so mm. that's what we're instilling in the children you know what you speak up we don't take shit off anyone we stand up mm. we're not going to get mugged off we're not going to get pushed over we'll speak up where need be if it's a younger children we speak up we tell the teacher we tell our parents and teaching them not just about bullying but any form of abuse like one thing we say is one of the rules that we have when we teach is no secrets allowed mm. you're allowed zero secrets from your parents mm. so that means if uh, someone at a wedding or uncle uh, someone at a religious institute someone in school on the bus some says something you know like here's some money or here come uh, come next to me don't tell anyone and no anyone says anything like that anyone touches you anyway inappropriately you yell you scream you make it, it known straight away nothing stays secret mm. and also what we teach the kids is the moment the very first moment someone tries to bully you someone touches you that moment straight away you say no you don't touch that if you do it by mistake Understand that this is my religion. You do not touch my turban. 
Unless obviously in school when the gutti comes loose, you can go to the teacher. Apart from that, we tell them, don't allow anyone to push you around, grab your gutti like that. Mm. Even if it's a teacher grabbing your gutti is a joke. You say you could say to the teacher, Miss Sir, that's disrespectful. This is part of my religion. You do not do that. Mm-hmm. And if the teacher, the kids are strong, confident, respectful, they can do that. Mm. And also we're teaching them how to behave. We also tell them, you know what, say please, say thank you, work hard. We explain to them. You have to work hard. It's part of our religion to work hard in everything you do. Your training. Maharaj Guru Nanak gave us three golden rules. Mm. One of them is Gertkoro, to earn your living by honest means. Mm. And while you're not earning your living, you're doing other things, training, working, studying. You work hard. You might not be the brightest in the class, but you work the hardest until the task is done. I want to instilling this in our kids, giving them that self-confidence. And then teaching them if someone grabs your gutti, someone grabs you in a headlock, how to defend all these things. And so we travel the country whenever we can. Obviously, all, all the things, all the sevadars are working full time as well. Mm. So we do it when we can and we uh, visit. And then other things we show them is how to comb their case. Because what we want the kids to do and what our aim is by year seven, going into secondary school, every boy and girl should be able to do their own case. And it's a thing for boys only. You don't want to be in year seven, 12, 13 years old mm. in the morning yeah, like kind of big or 14, 15, year 10, going to your mommy, mom in the morning, mommy, it's a bit embarrassing. Mm. And then it holds you back and it affects your confidence because you're scared to go on residential trips. Mm. I've been That's there true. where I don't know how to do my gutti. I don't want to go on a trip. Everyone's going to see my long hair. People are going to laugh. Mm. They're going to say, girls have long hair. Mm. Then we teach them and we give them affirmations that we have long hair. We are proud of our long hair. We do not cut it. Yes, it's down to there. Mm. Yes, I'm proud of it. No, I'm not going to show you. Mm. And we, we give them that confidence that, you know, if someone is saying about something about your religion or someone else's religion or anyone, no, you do not say that. You don't bully them because they're Christian, Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, Rasta, anything like that. You don't be disrespectful. Not just speaking up for themselves, for others, then teaching them how to wash their case, how to apply a tail to their case, how to do all these things, how to dye the star and how to be happy with it. And then in training, if the star does come off, it's okay. If you're in the middle of fighting, the starter comes off, don't stop. No, you carry on fighting. When you've got victory, when you've won, then you can pick the other starter up and sort it out and do it. Mm-hmm. And just giving them that confidence because our kids need it. Our kids need to stand up strong because you look at camps, they're very timid. You say Fateh to the kids, the work also. You say to the kids, let's do Simran. And then we tell them, no, no, no. You guys are the virus of the Sahibs who went into that court in Sirhand, when they were surrounded by the great general Mughals who were shouting down to them, Allahu Akbar, and the shouting and that intimidating court. And they stalked into the middle like tigers and said, Vaheguruji ka khalsa, Vaheguruji ki fateh. Mm. We teach the kids, be proud. Mm. Never be ashamed of your suroop. And we see the little girls start standing up and say, no, I'm learning how to push and learning how mm. to fight. And instilling them that confidence to stand mm. up and forward. And one of the things that I remember from my childhood reading about was a sick called Vijay Singh from Manchester. And he wrote this poem. He goes, Monday, my money was taken. Tuesday, names called. Wednesday, my uniform torn. Thursday, my body pouring with blood. Friday, it's ended. And Saturday, freedom and I remember this and it hit me deeply that this young Sikh in Manchester would bullied because of his case 
And on Friday, the reason it's ended because that's the end of the school week. And on Saturday, freedom because they committed suicide because of this bullying. Mm. It's that serious of an issue mm. that he commits suicide and lost his life and he's not here. We don't know what he would have done, what seva he would have done, what children he would have had or anything like that because of that bullying that took place. And I was mm. bullied in school. Mm. We know many people who bullied and we know many people who did bully. When I was in school, Adam Williamson would pull my gutti. And now I've learned, you know what, you don't allow that. Mm. You fight back. It doesn't matter how many people, who they are, you fight back. Mm. And when you're bullying someone and someone starts to push back, no one wants that. Bully don't want that. Bully's a coward. Mm. A bully's the weakest person out there. He wants to take advantage of someone and no one else knows. Yeah. If they know someone tries to bully you And you're not going to shut up You're going to tell everyone In the middle of the playground In the middle of the classroom You're going to stand up and say No you do not bully me That's not happening mm. Miss, sir He's trying to bully me He's making fun of my religion No mm. And if the teacher says You know alright we'll sort it out after Say no I will not sort it after We need to go to the headmaster I'm going now Thank mm. you mm. And has that self-assurance That they're not going to take it that they are going to stand up, are going to fight back. And I'm not getting, making kids violent and anything like that, but I'm making them self-confident. Because what happens is you become victim to bully in primary school, you're going to stay a victim all the way through high school, mm -hmm. through college, and then through life you're going to have a victim mentality. And some we see brothers and sisters who have a victim mentality who are bullied in life. They're just bullied and they're victims all the way through life. They never speak up for themselves. And now they're old and they're in jobs. They're working. They're bullied by their managers. They're scared to speak up for themselves. They'll put extra pressure on them. And then they start getting pressure. And they have children. And then their children get bullied. And it's bred. And we need people throughout the Sikh community worldwide to help others stand up. So one of the things that I had a phone call with Indy today, what we're going to do in the summer is put on a Gear Sambar Level 1 instructor's course mm. where we don't want this to be, that's your Seva, you guys do this. Mm. No, we're going to die. It's it's nothing. Mm. But if we pass this Seva on, so there's 30, 40, 50 people who can do it, mm. you know, then you know we can work on a different Seva. And these are the guys. Like I met a Singh uh, in January. Uh, he helps with the Sikh open mats. He's been on three, four gears and balls. He's ready to lead and do it himself now. And he said, yeah, I'm ready. I'll go out and I'll serve certain other areas. Right. What we're going to do is anyone who needs it will give you the uh, PowerPoint. Mm. We'll give you a certain set of techniques. You don't need to be an awesome martial artist. We're not a martial artist class. Mm. We're just teaching how to stand up for yourself. And then we'll go through techniques and other things that are very simple. So we just spread this. So we're not bullied. We're not trampled on. And our kids can be strong. They just live freely. It's really amazing, Faisal, that you're doing that. And now you're also taking to the next level where you're training other people as well, which is, I think, really needed. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And you know what? Who's inspired that as well? Mm. Like, obviously, there's a lot of Gursiks out there who inspired that. Like Gyanni Sher Singh inspired it. Because mm. he's a warrior who's a Gyanni, who's created loads of other Gyannis. Mm. Like, everyone in his crew is a Gyanni. Everyone, his children are all Gyannis, all parties, his family. Mm. All the things that have been, who've done their Sangat, all Gyannis. Like, uh, when he came to the country, he stayed at my house, Maharaj Girpa. And at night, we'd come back from the Kathas, from the Langar, we'd sit. And he would say to him, Babaji, ah, saki sunade. Mm. And then we'd do saki after saki after saki. Mm. And there's about 30 of us in the room. And he we made a bed for him and everything with Babaji. This is your asan. He goes, nah, this is our asan. We're all going to sleep together. 
and there's about 20 of us in a room, like on the floor, like everyone lying, everyone's like crocodiles, you know, when you wake up in the morning, <laughs> you're trying to avoid all these things and get to the, the bathroom. And we'd stay up with Ganaji all night till about three in the morning, listening to Sakya. And then Ganaji, oh, time ho ge honishnanda samage. We'd all go to sleep and Ganaji would go and have uh, and then come back and do Nithanem. And we'd all be half asleep listening. And then the other person, Bhai Jagraj Singh, look what he done. He got, he done seva. He made basics of Sikhi. He got on a level. Then he, you know what? Some people, when they get on a level, they stay there. We arm the man. He put his hand down. He goes, come up. He got other people. He goes, come up. Let's all do it. And with that pyaar, really infectious love, he spread it and got everyone doing that seva. He put mm-hmm. everyone on the stage. And that's, you know, that inspired us to like, you know what? Mm-hmm. No seva is our seva. No, mm-hmm. nothing is ours. Nothing belongs to us. And I look at all the Gursiks, Baba Joga Singh, Bhai Jagraj Singh, Ganesha Singh. They all put other people up for them to serve as well. Mm. And so that's what we thought, yeah, we're going to do the same. I, I don't even know to say, I think this has been an amazing podcast and all the Seva mm. uh, from the Sikh History Series podcast, even experiences in Dal, even this case and Bal workshop, it's it's all amazing and it needs to continue mm. and it needs to grow. We'll try. Yeah. This might be my last video, I might die tomorrow, but you know what? As long as we're alive, we'll keep trying to do something, man. I know what, thank you guys. Keep doing what you guys do. You know, it's hard. You know, you guys do this seva. And I tell you, it's a hard road. Sometimes it's a thankless road. And sometimes people see you and they want to rip you down. Because mm. this is this is Bamari in our people, especially when mm. someone's doing something. Mm. They got a mental illness where they can't, where they're not happy seeing someone else do something. Mm. They'll try and talk and say, oh, look at them. But you know what, brothers, keep doing what you're doing. Mm. I love you. Yeah, deep. Anyone out there doing seva, keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Don't stop. No matter if the world goes against you, keep doing your thing. As long as Dasme Pacha is watching and mm. you're doing from your heart for Guru Sahib, then what matters what the world says? Mm. You know, keep up your guys' good work as well, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so is, much. Is there any like final message you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, man. Raj Karega Khalsa. Why Guruji Khalsa? Why Guruji Khalsa? I think that's a great way to end the podcast then. Thank you so much, Bhai Sahib, Bhai Man Singh, for coming on uh, to the podcast. We leave links in the description to all the uh, seva that uh, Bhai Sahib is doing, whether that's the podcast, um, any links to his gear symbol workshop, anything else. Um, we'll put that in the description. And uh, yeah, finish off. Thank you so okay, much. Why Guruji Khalsa? Why Guruji Khalsa? Why Guruji Khalsa?